Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast, episode 11 on my initiation. I'm your host, Keyonce. Enjoy. What's up, what's up? It's your girl, Keyonce, spiritual life and business coach tarot reader, cultural sociologist, and self-described cosmonaut based in New Orleans. Yes! How are you doing today? How's it going? Um, so today is episode 11, and um, I wanted to get on here and just do some stuff, you know, off the cuff, just talk a little bit about myself and um, a personal holiday that I have coming up. So um, on June 26th, actually, it's going to be the 10th year since my um, initiation. And so I'm going to go into what exactly that consisted of. Um, But first, I kind of just wanted to talk about some things, you know, um, for sure, please Um, Like, share, um, leave a review of the podcast on iTunes for me. Um, I would greatly appreciate that. Please share it with your friends and family. Um, I want to get the message out there. You know, I want to get the MSF gospel out to the people. Handadi Shabota. So... Black Lives Matters is still popping off, period. Um, I am just so thankful for the the young people out there. I mean, I'm 31, but like, I'm just really thankful for all of the younger people and just all the people who are out there doing the work, you know, just out there putting themselves out in, you know, out there in danger, essentially, you know, um, and if you are out there, please be exercising some kind of safety, you know, have a partner, don't just go out there willy-nilly by yourself, um, listen to my Black Lives Matter, all Black Lives Matters episode, you know, I went in on that episode, you know, your girl had to go in a little bit, you know, I'm a, I'm a girl of the times, you know, my, my work has got to reflect the times, Nina Simone said, what kind of artist am I? If my work does not reflect the times, we are not a historical in this motherfucker. We is not a historical. Everything has a context. So yeah, please like, share, leave a review on iTunes. Um, also, yeah, if you got your, you know, get you a glass. I mean, I got me a glass of wine. Um, it's a Saturday afternoon here in New Orleans. Um, I'm inside with the air conditioner on. Um, also, I wanted to talk about June 10th. Um, Lord, it's hot here, though. It is it's hot. So you girl is inside, you know. Um, anyway, so June 10th. June 10th. I celebrated June 10th yesterday with my really good friend and star seat sibling, Tamisha. Um, I am at I am Tamisha Monet on um instagram and we went to the park we went to city park and i have a few trees out there that 
Um, I consider ancestor trees. And I mean, a big part of what I'm going to talk about later as far as my initiation is has to do with trees. But um, yeah, we went out to the ancestor tree and there's many ancestor trees, like I told you, I have many, but this was one that I specifically have a really deep connection with in City Park, and it's on the bayou, and it's, I, it, for me, I think it's a portal. There's the amazing energy there. It always calms me down. I kind of go there and just kind of release my energy into nature, because nature, certain parts of nature especially, are on energy grids, and they if you tap into that energy by meditating or visualization, um, if you're stressed out or if you have been affected by heavier vibrations, or I don't like to say negative vibrations, but vibrations just just throw you off, you know, that just kind of make you feel like, eh, um, you can go to the park and um, just find somewhere that feels right. You know what I mean? I, I think I just have a natural gift for this kind of stuff. Like, but you can develop the skill, but you um, just go somewhere in nature that feels good. And I like, you know, say a prayer of thanks and um, <clears throat> basically, you know, just absorb the energy of that piece of land. And like, it's, it's just regenerative. Like, you don't really have to do anything. It's not really like a deep ritual. It's just like going out there and um soaking up some energy and then just feeling rejuvenated and especially being out in the sun so um we went to this place and tamisha definitely agreed it's definitely a portal we um gave our offerings and stuff and um definitely got some confirmation from mother nature that um the offerings were accepted and um yeah we we were out there for about an hour we braved the mosquitoes because the mosquitoes down here lord lord jesus they're so big and they are very persistent. Like they like they don't quit. Like like they are really they they will bite you. Like period. Like you just gotta accept it. So we braved the mosquitoes and we just told some stories about like um just like our heritage. We talked about um black Indian culture and like the erasure of it. because um, I think her a lot of her family is from Louisiana. Um, and we talked a lot about um, ATRs, African traditional religions, and interconnections with starseed ancestors. Um, I'm going to kind of get into the starseed ancestors in a little bit. But um, yeah, that was my Juneteenth. It was very beautiful. Uh, we tried to go to Congo Square in New Orleans, but that was closed in Louis Armstrong Park even though um, Mayor LaToya Cantrell just um, signed a proclamation for Juneteenth. But for me, that kind of seems like it's just a symbolic gesture. And it's not really, you know, I can't go to the park <laughs> and celebrate my black spirituality because it's closed on a, a, a holiday for my people here in the United States. You know what I mean? So it's like, girl... Can we get it together and, like, really be on the ground? Can we, like, be multi-level about our politics, you know, and, like, how we how we want to do things and how we do, like, human social progress, you know? Anyway. But, you know, the devil is a lie. And sometimes we didn't need to be in the quarters because the quarters got too many spirits down there. It's too chaotic sometimes. 
So I just be like, I like to go to the other energy grids in New Orleans because people like to go to the quarter a whole lot and stuff like that. But it's a lot of spirits down there that I don't feel comfortable around. It, the, the port, it's a, it was a lot of torturing that happened in the quarter. A lot like torture of black people. And then all them people, I mean, before COVID, going down there and getting drunk. Drinking, 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 and the spirits are feeding on them. People be, I've heard multiple people tell me around here, like, they've heard people possessed. Seen them. I've seen people. I'd be like, ooh, it's something on you. I rebuketh thee in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And wound of Mother Mary. <laughs> but for real, though, it is, it's, it's. It'd be too lit down there for me. I don't really be like going down there like that. Um, what else did I want to talk about? So if you have any kinds of ideas for content that you want me to speak about on the podcast, just um, shoot me a message. Um, shoot me a message on, on the gram, you know, or you can send me a message on my website, at millennialsoulfood.wixsite.com slash msf888. That's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-S-O-U-L-F-O-O-D dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash msf888 as if that's not long enough. Um... All right, so also if you, you know, if you're on Instagram or if you're on like social media um, or if you like have any kind of speaking engagement that you want, you know, your girl to talk at, like holler at me. I can speak about a variety of things, but specifically I can speak about um, anything as far as like cultural sociology. I love speaking about black culture and its interconnections with spirituality and philosophy um also i'm a tarot reader you know so i love speaking about tarot i love um teaching about tarot um as a divination tool and um a tool for just critical reflection for personal and spiritual development and also um as a spiritual and business life coach i i really enjoy talking about the ways that you have to be very aware of yourself in order to manifest what you need in order to progress spiritually, personally, and spiritually um, for your unique self. So I work with people um, to become their best selves, <laughs> but no, but working with people to get over hurdles, you know, there's a like, we are all insecure about something and we all have things to work through. And so that a lot of times our insecurities can block our ability to get these downloads from our spirit guides. Um, and so my purpose is to work with people as a, as a kind of critical mirror, I like to say, um, to move through that. You know what I mean? Because that's what life is about. Life is all about progression. And sometimes you fall back, but you get back up. Hallelujah. We fall down, but we get up. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> so, um... Uh... 
right, so let's get to the main topic of the show. And so the main topic of the show is my initiation. And so I want to first kind of start off and say that this is about psychedelics and I am not encouraging anybody to go out there and do anything that I'm, I did. This was 10 years ago. I was 21 years old. And just don't, I'm not encouraging you to go out there. Whatever you decide to do after hearing this is your responsibility. I'm not encouraging you to do anything. I'm just putting this out here so that I hope that someone gets something from it. Um, because I have been, I guess up until maybe like about two years ago, I've been more open about it as I feel like society is opening up about um, psychedelics and their beneficial uses for um, mental health and personal and spiritual development. So I just want to preface this by saying, don't go out there and do nothing because I'm because I'm telling my story because this is this is also this was a part of a spiritual ritual. This was a part of my, a spiritual belief system that I have. Um, this was a spiritual ceremony. So this wasn't anything that I was doing for fun per se. This was some serious business that affected my life in ways that I never would have imagined before period ever all right so let's get into it um so june 26 2010 was whenever i um it was like the summer that i had gotten back from mexico so in 2000 between 2009 and 2010 i lived in latin america and so i was living um in ecuador for about six months and then I lived in Mexico for about six months and I had just gotten back maybe about a month prior to this June 26th date and I I just randomly chose this date and I had one of my really good friends I'm not going to mention the name but they know who they are um it was going to be their first time um, doing LSD. So this was this was LSD. Um, and I had been reading a lot of philosophical text um, in Latin America. I actually read, um, I received this book. What was, I think it was called Don Juan. Um, so while I was in Ecuador, I had read um, about the teachings of Don Juan, um, and this is a book. Um, it's a it's a spiritual text, and it's about this person's um, shamanic journey um, and their journey through the the nether realms. And so um, I had been reading about that, and this was this book is from the '60s, I think, um, and it occurred in Mexico. So this is Don Juan in Mexico. And I had read about that and I had done like psychedelics and stuff like that, like previous to this date. Um, but f- this summer I had just been reading a lot of different books. And then I came across um, the Tibetan book of the living and dead. 
um, or the, it's called the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And, um, and I came across the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and these are all connected. So let me just tell you how they're connected real quick. There's a, this is a long story. So if you got some tea or something like that, you know, get your tea. And let's, let's get into the story, the story, story. So that summer, I read this book. Um, it's the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, and it's the English translation of the Tibetan Book of Dead. Book of the Dead, and basically, um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead is an ancient text from Tibet that describes um, what occurs after death, and it it talks it talks about all of the different dimensions of um, of meta reality, so reality that is beyond our senses and beyond this lifetime. So it talks a lot about reincarnation. And there's a lot just about different types of deities and different types of like manifestations of spirit. So it's very, very deep. And this summer, um, that summer, I had read that book. And the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, actually, it's a book that really, really kind of, I guess, made me think a lot about death because... Um, this is a trigger warning, trigger warning about like emotional stuff. But I had, before going to Mexico, I was like extremely depressed because I grew up like queer, um, black and queer in rural Mississippi. And I was really, I was like very depressed, like to the point where it was like, you know, like suicidal ideation. And I didn't have to go, you know, into an institution or anything like that. But I definitely was kind of like, oh my God, like, I don't know. I was kind of at a breaking point and um, going to Mexico and going abroad kind of just like freed my spirit. I feel like, like just the experiences and I realized so much about the black diaspora. Um, and so mind you, I was like reading all these philosophical texts and I was reading about dying and specifically like this book kind of made me, I, it kind of motivated me to to reconnect with my spiritual purpose but on a much much higher level and so i've always been i was always a party girl but also i was very spiritual so i stumbled upon um timothy leary and timothy leary is actually um, a harvard professor from the 1960s who was one of the first um doctors who became like really really popular um who studied the medicinal effects, psychological effects of um, psychedelics. And so I read a lot about him and I read some stuff that he had come out with. And um, specifically, I read The Psychedelic Experience and it's available just for free, PDF on Google. But this text is very interesting because it's basically a manual on how to do your own type of soul death and rebirth as a, a new quote-unquote enlightened being. And I do use enlightened in this, um, but enlightenment is important to understand. <clears throat> enlightenment is not a static state. So you can have a spiritual experience that is, is enlightenment, you know, that changes your whole life but you still exist as a being in in the third dimension in the matrix 
So one has to manage that. And for me, I, I definitely will consider what happened to me enlightenment. Like, I don't think I'm, I'm never going to have an experience quite like that, a spiritual experience, quite like what I'm about to tell you. But um, also it's like, yeah, so I'd have my days, you know, <laughs> nobody's perfect and this did happen. But also it's like I'm a I'm a I'm a spiritual worker for the people. So I'm not going to just sit here and isolate myself and just keep trying to have these solo experiences because I think it's important to share this type of information. And I think that's the reason that's the reason it, it happened to me. Um, that's the reason I received all of these downloads like um, during this initiation that I went through. And so <clears throat> that's a little aside about that. But I had read the psychedelic experience and so it is a manual that basically goes through um, a description of what the Tibetan book of the living and dead is and it goes through what happens kind of like after death but this the psychedelic experience relates dying and rebirth to an, an LSD trip so if you have if you know anything about LSD um, you basically, the effects last for 12 to 15 hours. And so this is a very long shamanic ritual. So this is, I, I recorded things on my phone, my little, um, <laughs> early version iPhone <laughs> back in 2010, those things was like some Lego blocks, but, um, I recorded some stuff on my phone. I had a whole playlist I was I was um, I had pl I planned it to do it with my friend, who I trusted. It was actually his first time, and so I read that manual and I knew what what to do, um, and so I asked my friend if he wanted to do it. And I, I was like, you know, I'm gonna be doing my thing. He wasn't really like super like you know, um, he was definitely was not like you know hoodoo person or anything like that. But um, he had his own thing going on, and that was that's still one of my best friends today. But, um, yeah, so I went over to his place. It was the day of, and so we were like, all right. Um, I had my playlist, you know, going. I had read the manual and stuff like that. And um, we, like, took the tabs and <clears throat> chilled out for a little bit. And then the effects started. And um, my friend, he went over to the other side of the room and for part of the ritual, the first part of the ritual was to simulate a, a, was to physically induce basically your own kind of like spiritual death. And so part of it was like laying down in like the, the yoga pose, Shavasana, and like you were like a corpse. And so I laid down, and this was after like 45 minutes whenever I started to feel the stuff. And whenever you first began this kind of shamanic ritual, um, with this kind of like chemical spirit you feel the top of your head begin to rise and a lot of people kind of do it wrong because they 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 just take like you know they're like i'm tripping like fucked up whatever blah, blah, blah. but you your crown chakra is actually ascending to like higher perceptual realms and so that is when you Need, that is whenever the manual, whenever Timothy Leary and the psychedelic experience instructs you to lay back. And so I laid back 
and I began to have all these visions. My eyes were closed. I was totally still. I started feeling like I was sinking and sinking and sinking to like the underworld. And so I felt like I was sinking. And then I just started having all these visions of these like these um, kinds of beings that were like very like just hideous, like some of the most hideous, ugliest type of stuff you could see. Like I saw like human carnage. I saw like just everything that you could think of that is evil. And so that was part. So I like went through that. That lasted for a pretty good while. Um, and I would say about like 45 minutes or so. And it was just like, I was like, I, I knew I needed to remain peaceful and get through this part of the ritual in order to get to the other side. And so it was like, just if you Google like Aztec gods or like Kali, it all looked like that. It was just like, it was like I was being taken through the underworld. And so that happened and I got through that. And I like opened my eyes and that's whenever the visuals sort of started to happen. And mind you, this is like hour two and the visuals started. And so I like went in and checked it with my friend and we hung out for a little bit. Um, And I noticed all of these like just like grids and ley lines everywhere. Um, That was kind of what my friend was talking about. And um, I was like, wow, this is very interesting. And so across the street from where my friend was staying, we were in Oxford, Mississippi, which is, if you look it up, is actually like Chickasaw, ancient Chickasaw and Choctaw land. Um, my family actually, like my grandmother's family, is actually from like 30 minutes away in, from Oxford, um, like Water Valley, Bruce area. And um, so it's very interesting land, you know, definitely... Mississippi, I did a lot of shamanic ritual there. I would say solitary, informal shaman. Well, I would say it's pretty formal for me because it was through my guides. But um, that part of Mississippi, definitely, I'm really, I couldn't have had those experiences anywhere else. And it was a particular energy grid and a particular kind of vortex of energy. So anyway, I went over to the special tree across the street and across the street was William Faulkner's cemetery and just Google William Faulkner. William Faulkner was like this kind of this like problematic white white author um, from the early 1900s I think um, and but the cemetery is pretty cool because there's like a lot of nice trees and stuff like that. No telling what kinds of spirits is there but period my spirits is powerful so i would hang out there all the time and you know we would just chill out there me and my friends or whatever i would go out there alone a lot too and just look out the stars at night i was very like gothic and interestingly but i mean it's different i guess if you if you're a spiritual person or you under kind of get spirits like it's just different sometimes i don't know i just felt at home in that cemetery so there's a special tree that i uh, would hang out under and I was really feeling, I was really feeling the effects of the the, the, the spirit. I'm going to just call it the spirit. And so I was really feeling the effects and stuff. And I had my recordings on my phone. I had just some mantras that I was repeating 
Um, I had recorded some mantras that I was repeating into my phone um, from the psychedelic experience and from the Tibetan book of living and dying. And so I went under this tree and this is the very important part. Like I went under this tree and I started to meditate and just kind of like ponder like my existence sort of. And I don't know, it was just really beautiful. I like was just really, I was had all these visuals, all these like feelings of connection to spirit. I was out in nature. I was really connecting with, I felt like I was connecting with the nature spirits. And I think the tree that I was under was a portal. Um, wait till I tell you about some other stuff later. But um, through this experience, I like, I tapped into my own personal spiritual freedom that kind of like, it was a form of liberation. And so I was under the tree and I just had started having these like downloads. That's like the only way I can really explain it is I just start having these downloads about my, my presence under that tree representing um, so many other ancient like spiritual philosophers who had got ideas under trees like Buddha. Galileo got the idea for gravity under a tree. Trees have always been very significant in spirituality. And so this like phrase started coming into my head, like man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree. And so it was like, I was like experiencing myself. I was experiencing myself as a part of something that was more infinite than I could ever imagine. But it was magnified by this ritual that I had done and magnified by the music that I was listening to at the time. Because I was listening to some like electronic music. I was actually listening to Crystal Castles. But um, it the the beat of that is very, there's a drum in it and it's there's a the bass was just rhythmic and that rhythmic kind of like bass gets you into even more of a kind of like transcendental mind state, like kind of state. And so I was listening to the music and I was just having all these realizations and I was just like making all these connections between like philosophy and like science and like metaphysics. Cause I had been studying so much and I was like, I think I was just synthesizing a lot of my experience from experiences from being abroad and also from just studying like, um, language and just connecting with so many different kinds of people and having these spiritual experiences abroad even I haven't even talked to that to you about that but um also the death that, that I went through it helped me realize that my life was worth living because I I'm like a shadow worker I'm like a shadow spiritual worker and I was just reflecting over my life as um a black queer person and always feeling um like isolated and always feeling so different but thankfully i was always able to um find power in that um i would say partly because of my grandmother and family and my like mother and family members who accepted who i mean it definitely i wasn't out to them or anything like that but i did grow up with like love in my life and so but I just was really reflecting over 
like death a lot during that trip but at the same time it was it wasn't sad it was just kind of like i realized my ability to persevere through through even the ugliest emotions through being treated like complete shit by a lot of people you know being bullied constantly every day for over like 16 years of my life that stuff started really early and being treated differently because i was like effeminate acting and stuff like that this was this allowed me to just put all these connections together about like intergenerational trauma also like i was just having all these visions and downloads like that is all i can call it under this tree i was like receiving so many downloads that it it was like i felt like i connected everything in existence like i i could connect any idea to like a higher more abstract principle and so even during this trip also let me just mention the fact that during all of this there was a thunderstorm that was brewing and if you have ever lived in mississippi you know about the storms you know about them southern storms I live in New Orleans right now, and they, it storms every, all the time. It, it just rains. It just be thunderclaps. You be like, dang, Mother Nature. But that rainwater is powerful. But um, on this particular day, there was a storm. Like, as I felt like I, my, my trip was in synchronicity with this storm. Because as I had all of these, like, really powerful realizations, the storm got stronger and i just stayed under the tree and it was like thundering and i don't know if you've ever been out in an open space when it's thundering and when it's like storming but there's so much energy like the wind was blowing the rain was like i was shielded because i was under this huge tree but it was like i like i was like in tune with the storm and like it was matching the levels that I was going through. And I just kept repeating the phrase man under the tree. And I had my little like tap notepad thing out, my digital notepad. And I just kept repeating man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree. And I just kept having these realizations of myself as someone who for millennia had sat under a tree and realized the nature of existence and the nature of existence as being like, consciousness as in as the nature of being is is experiencing this intelligent consciousness <laughs> this soup that we live in but um so the storm was just it was like the thunder was going and it was like blowing the wind was blowing and stuff like that but i knew i needed to just like stay there and continue getting these downloads i don't know what was going i mean i do know what was going on now but I just felt like I needed to stay there and continue getting these downloads. And I was getting these downloads about, I kept thinking like, why am I here? Why am I suffering? Why am I like, why am I punished by like being, growing up here in Mississippi and like feeling so different and sad? You know what I mean? Because mind you, I had just gotten back from study abroad and I was a graduating senior and I just didn't really, I didn't have, I mean, I had was going to apply to grad school and stuff like that, but I just didn't have a plan. And I was just like, I was, you know, I don't know to be, this is to another trigger warning, but 
I was so depressed. I was like, if I can't get into grad school and leave Mississippi, I am like would consider suicide. And that was like a really, really low point in my life because I was very scared. I didn't want to have to stay in Mississippi and continue not living as my full self um, and feeling so bound up. And it was just scary. And I really faced all of that during this trip and during this moment. And I was just getting these downloads about the reason that people were thinking about me this way was because society was stuck in this reductionist binary mindset but it was greater than just like that it was like they i somehow i got the download that it connected to binary code zero one zero one zero one zero one and if you know anything about binary code binary code is what it makes up computers ability to um follow like steps and language and stuff like that it just look up binary code. So binary code zero one, and in occult philosophy, <coughs> zero represents the fool in tarot, and the one represents the magician, and zero is that formless, formless, formlessnessness of the universe, and then. The one represents that pinpoint, that con concentration of consciousness, concentration of energy. And so they form polar opposites. And in this trip, I got, I got this vision that like literally like we live in 3D reality that is limited based on binaries and opposites. And so if you think about a certain idea... If you're writing a paper, for instance, um, and you want to present a full kind of like explanation of an idea, you have to talk about both extremes of that argument in order to fully analyze the situation. Does that make any, I hope that is making sense. Um, think about like the race relations, black and white. Black and white for millennia, for some reason has been a conflict as far as the ways that we project our selves onto other people, our traumas onto other people. And I think that this binary type of thinking is, it is, but it is reductionist. And I think it's something that we have to move past as a human species. That is what I was getting from this download. Um, and also I was just beginning to understand just how things related on multiple levels as far as like economics and politics and like society and especially about how like, for instance, the media and like these institutions really make people th shape people's thinking so that it is reductionist and polaristic, um, it thinking about so and sexuality in terms of people being gay it's like either you're gay or not but it's like sexuality is on a spectrum and so is gender so it's like there have been all of these kinds of like um these 
thinking structures or the the ways that we've been our thinking has been shaped by these institutions uh has led to us thinking that things are either black and white and so you can take that how you will there's so many examples but that was one of the things i was think that i received was that one of the biggest flaws of society is the hierarchical thinking and the fact that there are so many widespread beliefs about so many different things that are based on these binary scales that don't allow for an un a greater understanding of the complexity of things and the complexity and the expression of humanity, period. And so cha and it was it was a moment I can never I don't I can't ever describe this moment like but cha it gets even it, it gets even more out there. <laughs> So basically, I got all these downloads, and the eye of the storm began to pass over. And so if you know anything about storms, the eye is the center of a storm, and the eye is the vortex. The eye is basically where all of the, um, where, it's the where the energy is centered, but you have the, it's, there isn't any activity in it. So it's not raining or anything like that. And so little did I know that we were basically in the midst of a whole thunderstorm. I, you can say what you want, but this is my spiritual beliefs. I personally feel like this, that moment was conjured the thunderstorms. That, there, it was, or it was a moment of synchronicity. It was a moment of perfect synchronicity for me to have this realization, man under the tree, at the exact moment at the, this thunderstorm. And so I like, since the, we were in the eye of the storm, I didn't really realize it because mind you, I was, you know, on the psychedelics. And um, I ran back to my friend's place because I, I knew he was over there just hanging out. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my God, what's going on? So then I got back over there and saw that he was fine. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree man under the tree and i just like i kept it was like such a huge realization and i was like i feel like it was the after wave and i with the eye of the storm was starting to pass by and so i was like oh my god i gotta go write on the computer and so i was like writing man under the tree i was like man under the tree having the realization that so many before him have had and it was like i was just so I was, my mind was blown because I had received, I think this, this, this is me having tapped into the higher realms and my spirit guides were like, okay, we're about to just shove all this information into your brain right now. And it was a lot. And so I sat down and I was just like, I could, I could feel the, I could hear the storm outside too, but I knew I needed to figure this out. And so I was just like writing, man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree. And then all of a sudden lightning struck my friend's place. And mind you, it was on an attic. It was in, we were in an attic. His apartment was in an attic. And so I was on my computer and literally the spark touched my leg and I was like, oh, and the lamp actually went out on the, my friend's side and then the lamp stayed on on my side. And I just kept having these realizations about duality in everything. And so the lightning struck and we were both like, whoa. 
And at that moment, I realized what man under the tree was. And I realized what this whole ritual was, was the lightning strike was basically the strike that initiated consciousness. And it it reinitiated me into this plane as, as a renewed being having experienced this type of enlightenment of man under the tree and so it was it was like also it was just a thing of like there's a moment whenever you have an idea in your head and then an external event matches that internal internal phenomenon it was like i was like whoa because right at the moment that i realized what man under the tree was while I was writing on the computer, the lightning struck his place. And also I know this was real because we we were so like shook the fuck up. We went outside and his neighbor, who was just this regular Karen <laughs> um she was just this regular white lady. She was like, oh my God, are you okay? I have never seen lightning strike a place like that before. And we were like, we looked at each other like, if you only knew. And so I was like just hanging out with my friend and definitely, like I told you, he is not very woo at all. But um, I was just, he still understands what I do and what how what I was at that time and the shamanistic kind of ritual I was doing but that was a situation where it was like oh my god because I don't know it was just that lightning strike literally had so much symbolic meaning in terms of like the rebirth of my soul I like because it was like under that tree I realized I realized the purpose of what I had gone through and what and the pain that was making me suicidal. I understood that the fact that I had made it that far was because I was like spiritually protected and that I had a type of sight that like was unique and needed to, and I needed to be here to express myself and express this higher message. Um, and so we went back inside and, um, I was like, okay, well, let me draw some tarot cards really quickly. And y'all know tarot, tarot be playing with your life. Like I was like, man, really? (laughs) So we went over and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just pull three cards. I pulled three cards and they're major arcana cards. And so I had pulled the devil, the chariot, and the emperor. And that was four, seven, and 15 um, numerically in the major arcana. And it spelled (coughs) G-O-D. And I nearly ran out of that room. And so we kind of just chilled out after that. And like, because we were still like in the, in the, we were kind of like coming down, I guess you could say, because at that point it had been, I think we took him at 10 o'clock. It was around like five o'clock at that time. So it'd been at least seven hours. And so I went and just journaled and I just could not, I couldn't believe this experience. And I, I, I don't know. I just felt renewed after that. And I just had, I don't know. I just, 
I, I will never be able to explain in words just how significant that that experience was. But it gets even more interesting. So since that day, me and my friend, you know, text each other and stuff like that. And I was just researching. This was seven years later. This was back in 2017. I was researching that day. And so I looked and I did not know, but the June 26th, 2010 was the day of a lunar eclipse in Capricorn. And it was a grand cross eclipse. And so I'm going to post the picture on my Instagram. But um, basically the opposition of the planets, there is one, there is an eclipse. And then also the opposition formed a cross so that's the reason they call it a Grand Cross Eclipse. And I literally just randomly chose to do this powerful soul death and rebirth ritual on the day that there is a Grand Cross Eclipse. And so that's the reason I, I've always been a shadow worker and eclipses are very potent times for me to do spiritual activity. And so I discovered that after then, but I definitely, I know that this was, this was kind of like my initiation from my spirit guides because after that, my intuition just was on another level. Like I would just have all these types of synchronicities. I got into University of Michigan like eight year, eight months later. I got into a PhD program there um, and everything turned out very fine. And um, that, that experience really kind of, I don't know, I feel like it saved my life and it kind of just... It really helped synthesize a lot that was going on in my life and it also it also kind of initiated me into the spiritual self that I needed to transform into in order to um to move into the next stage of my being and I honestly really do feel like that was um that was my experience of personal liberation and i think it was just very important as like a as a black queer person to have done that because it was very healing for my soul and it gave me a higher level perspective that informs my spiritual spiritual work today my spiritual purpose um so much of it related to the related to related to ancient occult texts and it was like interesting to just experience that and live that if you don't know anything about the tree of life look up the tr look up the tree of life in hermetic kabbalah and the tree of life began the activation of it the activation of the whole universe began with a lightning strike a lightning strike that sparked consciousness and that lightning strike is the energy that that pervades everything in reality and existence and so just to have had that i was literally conjuring the weather lord that ritual that was a powerful ritual and i don't think i'm not gonna i'm not telling anybody to go out there and do it period like you do you i'm not advising you to do anything if anything i think i'm not people there's practitioners these days where you can do that kind of stuff I am not advising you to do anything. I did that because I I have always just been I've always been driven by my guides. And so you can ask any of my friends, period. 
I I don't know. I'm just I'm just here for the spiritual shit and like I don't know. I have always had a a connection with the land and me doing my shamanic ritual that decade ago um it was important for me to do it. I was I was 21 years old when all of this stuff happened, but um it was important for me to do because it I don't know. I really do feel like that was a, I felt like I was abducted and the downloads just came streaming in and it was like a it was like a it was like a rewiring of my brain um and yeah it was just a really beautiful moment and so since then eclipses are very important to me since then i you know i went on to continue doing um tarot and um i just had all these experiences um i don't know a feeling protected and like intuition so i don't know i think that period i just wanted to tell you about all of this just because um we all have different pathways to experiencing um quote unquote enlightenment and there there's infinite pathways to this and so you have to go with whatever is in accordance with your reality and i think one other thing i want to talk about with this is um, Starseed Ancestors. And so the land that I was on and the land that I am from is um, Choctaw and Chickasaw. And there was a huge population of um, black Indians there. And um, I, as the Black Lives Matters movement, I am reclaiming, um, I am here for reclaiming um, black Indian heritage because it's something that we can't deny. My grandmother, whenever I was younger, used to tell me about my great-great-grandmother who was a black Indian. Um, and that's basically someone who's black and Native American. Um, these people, there were black people here before Columbus set foot onto this land. So, um... I think all of this does really tie into um, a lot of Native American spirituality, um, also African too, but I specifically, I just felt very connected to the history of the land that I was, I grew up on and that my family had been on for generations because in a lot of different like Native American um, stories, they talk about portals. And so I actually, two weeks ago, just learned about this place called, I hope I'm spelling, saying it right, called Naniwaya. And it is a site an, about an hour south of where I grew up and uh, it's called in Winston County, Mississippi. And it um, is a mound. And so if you know anything about like Tupelo and North Mississippi, it is like the it's, people call it hill country and it's there's a lot of mounds like i grew up like two minutes away from the natchez trace which is which is an ancient native american trail um that they used to use for trade and also um there are a lot of mounds and these mounds were like temples that they had built before the the um the land was colonized and specifically where I'm from in Mississippi, um, 
there's another spot in Georgia and there's some spots in Tennessee. There's three places. Um, whenever the Trail of Tears occurred, there was this um, removal of Native Americans from Mississippi to like basically Oklahoma and the West. And a lot of them did, a lot of people that were removed were black Native Americans. And um, so some stayed um, some people started to just be like, oh, well, I'm identified, I'm black, or I'm white. So people, because they didn't want to be removed because the government was forcing Native Americans to move away because chiefly they wanted to get rid of the competition. They didn't want anyone to be there that was going to rise up against the white supremacist economic system that was based on the bodies of black people. And so... Um, an hour south of where I'm from. Well, also, I wanted to talk about how the fact that in Mississippi, the energy there, like I was, I had grown up there and I hadn't lived anywhere else. I don't really, I, it would be, I don't, it's really, it would be really difficult to live there now because just the laws and stuff like that. And I'm like black and queer. I just don't think, I, New Orleans is good for me. You know, I can, I'm good, I'm good here. But, Anytime I visit, the energy is just off and my stomach hurts. And I think part of that is PTSD because I went through a lot of hell there. But also because of the fact that these mounds have been desecrated and they have desecrated these sacred um, sacred sites that are on ley lines, that are on energetic lines that, are import that were important for their spiritual ascension. And I mean, I specifically think that with my initiation ceremony, my guides directed me to this land to have this kind of like interaction with it and the weather and the environment to ultimately initiate myself into the higher spiritual realms. But um, it's important to understand the land. And so Naniwaya, um, which is an hour south of where I grew up and and about an hour and a half from where I went to college and had my initiation um it is a mound but according to the Choctaw they have this story that it is the their place of origin so it's basically where they they say that they were created the first Choctaw person emerged from there and so um one of my friends told me who one of my friends who's indigenous told me that that represents like a portal a spiritual portal and so it really got me to thinking about um portals and like to this day to this day <laughs> this experience has really stuck with me and this is the first time really that i like am speaking speaking about it i spoke about it on my interview um with Gigi bay but Gigi Bay and also the word witch, but um, I have recently discovered all this stuff about um, Native Americans and just the long history and like just the long history and the interaction between like well I can't even say black interaction between black people and black native black people and Native Americans because there are so many black people who are also native so. That's also why, like, Black is indigenous and native in a lot of contexts, so it's important to consider that. And, like, a lot of cultural things that we do here in the United States 
um, do, especially in the South, um, do resemble um, those peoples that were here thousands of years ago. And so it's also really difficult to do it with like genetic information because so many of those people were wiped out so long ago that you just, it's this hard to trace the DNA. And so, yeah, and then there's also a lot of racism from um, indigenous tribes and they, even black people who literally speak some of the language have not been able to get their cards to be recognized as part of um, an indigenous nation of people because um, of racism. But then you have people finding out that they're, they have created a whole basically institution um, based on their supposed ethnic heritage, but then they do a genetic test and find out that they're Welsh and Irish. Um, I'm going to sip some tea on that one. <laughs> so this was my initiation, and this was specifically... My experience, like I said, I'm not really encouraging anyone to do anything that I did, but I do encourage you as to, in terms of your spiritual journey, really listen to your guides. And also, um, I don't really think everybody is meant to have like a shamanic moment like that because everyone isn't, everyone isn't a shaman. And I, I know from my past lives, I've I've also done some other rituals and some other shamanic ritual that has revealed some like past life information to me. And so um, it was kind of just natural for me. And I, that, I grew my relationship. I grew up in nature. I grew up appreciating nature. I grew up in the woods, they go into the woods, being out in nature, appreciating nature. And so I... I was from the land and like appreciated the nature of spirits and um, I don't know it was it was just a special moment and since then like I said um, not like I'm trying to act like I'm perfect or anything like that but literally I am called to do spiritual work um, it's hard but hey it was just very interesting so yeah the astrology of it also notes put some notes into this eclipses are portals that happened on a grand cross eclipse like i said i will put that um put the image in the podcast but it formed a cross and since then i have tattoos on my arm i have um observe internalize enjoy which i already had that t- tattoo whenever i was in college and was had my initiation ceremony but um, I also have a cross because the cross has always been significant to me um, in a very interesting way. Um, also, the cross in terms of me growing up Southern Baptist and going to like Church of God and Christ Church for a long time and my relationship with spirituality, but also achieving Christ consciousness through this, this initiation by my spirit guides. Um, and I have Horus, um, I have Horus represents third eye and perception. I have man under the tree tattooed on my arm also, um, because that phrase will forever be with me. And I, I so appreciate the spirits for blessing me with the, 
with that gift of having that occur in my life. And um, yeah, like I said, go read The Psychedelic Experience. Go read Philosophical Text um, because it's important to have that knowledge and it's important to have historical knowledge. So this initiation before I had before I did it I had read like a lot like I I majored in international studies in college like I had done a lot of reflection I had done like a lot of journaling I'm the only child um so I it wasn't just willy-nilly it wasn't anything like where I was like oh my god like I'm just gonna go out here and do this so you need to really be careful whenever you do if you do choose to engage in shamanic ritual because it will take you to the depths of your soul, take you to the underground underworld and you will have a spiritual death. But can you come back? Can you be resurrected? Handa di bota. Anyway. So yeah, that was my experience. Um I just wanted to get on here and talk a little bit about it. Um, and also I wanted to just do it to commemorate the experience and the 10th anniversary of this, the experience that initiated me into spirituality. I mean, after that, I continued doing tarot and stuff like that, but I wasn't doing any kinds of sessions. This was in 2010. So I started doing tarot in 2017, um, so it took seven years, seven years of my life path number, but, um, it took seven years to do that. So I took a kept it a secret up until 2017. Only a few people knew about that, but I continued my occult study through the, after that, after that initiation, because it was like, I felt like I got so many ideas, like everything that I read afterwards connected in so many different ways. And so I read, more about i even read stuff about physics i read stuff about like mathematics i read stuff about like space space time theory string theory i read all these theories about like the reality i read a lot about existentialism that summer i took a philosophy class um i really read a whole lot and i i learned a lot about people i went on to go to grad school at university of michigan and do sociology and I got the opportunity to interview like some 50 people um, about their experiences. And I wrote like a thesis on um, racism, perceptions of race in gay neighborhoods. And like, but that experience just opened up my mind. Like it just opened me up to the, to, to just meeting different people, to just accepting, accepting the best from spirit and it's funny the next day this is very small but the universe speaks in very small ways i went to the gas station and i like literally had like three dollars and 27 cents in my pocket and i went and got like a drink and like a candy bar and i was still kind of like i was still kind of like in the other realm a little bit so i was kind of like out of it and um I got to the cash register and the ch- it was exactly $3.27 um, was the total. And so I was like, wow, confirmation. And so since then, I see all these angel numbers. I did this episode on, this is episode 11. So this is like, this is an angel number, 1111. 
Um, I would see all these angel numbers. And I would have even more coincidences. I have I've done even more shamanic ritual. And so the spirit has so many ways of speaking that um, I don't know. It's just important to listen. And I just, I don't know. I'm really thankful for this experience. And I really thank you for listening to this experience. Um, I hope that you get something from it. I'm definitely going to write it. I have a whole outline written out and I'm going to post it to my blog eventually. I'm saying this for accountability. But um, yeah, I would encourage you to continue along your spiritual path. Write out what happens. Write out what you want to happen. Write out what has happened. Um, Write out what will happen with confidence. And um, just be open to new experiences. Don't do anything that puts your life in peril. But um, be willing to sort of stretch yourself and trust the universe. And so that's my message. And I love y'all so much. Thank you so much. And have a good one. Y'all didn't think I was done yet, did you? Okay, so if you like this episode, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you liked this episode, please share it. Um, Leave a review on iTunes. Five star, hopefully. She a five star chick. Hey, a five star chick. Hey, she a five star. Wicka, wicka. Um, also, all Black Lives Matter, let's continue the, 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 the revolution of 2020 in the midst of all these revo- retrogrades. Black people, let's continue uh, praying to the ancestors for strength, for strength. And continue opportunities to thrive in our inner worlds. Create your own portal. Create your own portal on an energy grid. And heal yourself. Have your own inner world. Get together with people in a safe space if you are able to. And then if you're someone who isn't. If you're in kind of a rocky home situation, pray when you can. You know, so we all need to be in prayer. And my non-black people that's in the struggle too, thank you for your assistance. It's about motherfucking time. Okay, I'm kidding. But for real though, um... But yes, thank you so much for listening. But also, I wanted to do a Capricorn advice. So someone wrote in Mo Matthew. So let's, they say the message is, hey, hello, girl, what's up? How you doing? Um, they are like, I, ha- I just have some questions about how do I find more people who are like me, um, just into the same Stuff is me. I need advice on finding a group or maybe even making one. So I'm shuffling up my cards. 
right now. I'm gonna draw three cards very quickly. Let's see. Okay, so uh, you got, let me drink a little bit of wine on this one, girl. <laughs> so you got the Eight of Swords, Four of Cups, and King of Swords. So the Eight of Swords is um, a card that depicts a person who is encircled by swords, and they are bloodied and battered. Um, so this does show some type of trauma, um, especially trauma as it relates to maybe ideologies that have um, been violent towards you, but they have you sort of feeling trapped and trapped in the swords. And then you also got the four of cups, <coughs> the four of cups in the Rider Waite deck that I'm using um, depicts a hand from a cloud uh, reaching out to give a person a cup, but they're like, I want this. So this can represent kind of disillusionment or fatigue with your current social environment. Um, the King of Swords is that kind of power play card. Um, the King of Swords is an executive of ideas and of making connections between ideas to lay frameworks for action. And so the King of Swords calls on you to really get in your ideas big. You know, girl, like, I mean, you say that you might want to make a group. Let me draw one more card. Let's see, make a group. What could the group be about? Oof, a card fell out. Let's see which one it fell out. Um, Queen of Cups, wow. So Queen of Cups relates to your emotions. So I wouldn't say create a group based on trauma, but create a group based on what makes you feel happy and powerful. Powerful happiness is, a, is or I would say what makes you thrive, what makes your emotions feel more powerful what makes you feel more powerful as a person really go with your gut and your intuition to drive um what you do what action you action you take with whatever ideas manifest in your life but also um definitely work through whatever trauma you have experienced um this might be a way for you to work through that um do the personal work on your work on yourself first of course um, and maybe, you know, if you have a way to create a group that is based on your, um, interests and shared interests with other people, I definitely encourage you on trying to make one, um, or, you know, figure out some way that you can expose yourself online to similar people who think a similar way or are interested in similar stuff that you're interested in, um, because I know the quarantine is still going on. <laughs> Even though people are not following it. Um, but yeah, that is my advice. So yes, you got the Eight of Swords, the Four of Cups, the Queen of Cups, and the King of Swords. So I hope that this advice helps you, helps along your spiritual progression and upgrading. We all need to upgrade. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, 
But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. And that is it for sure right now. All right. Thank you. Love y'all. Bye.